Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Tonight, we're going to talk about totalitarianism and the path we're on uh, that ensures that to be our final destination. So that and more. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. Welcome back. So before we dive into this, let's let's be precise in our speech. Let's be um, exact. You know, when I say totalitarianism, I'm talking about the, the textbook definition of totalitarianism. And it's defined as such. A system of government that is centralized and dictatorial and requires complete subservience to the state. Pretty, pretty cut and dry. Now, when we think of a totalitarian state, um, we tend to think back to uh, the fascist days of Germany in the, in the 1930s and 40s. Um, we think of Soviet Russia. We think of communist China. And sure, it makes sense for us to, to think back to that because, well, that's, that's what we've been educated on. That's what we've been uh, um, propagandized on. Um, but we're not really conditioned um, to, to look to look a little closer to home um, because each of those countries at one point, those citizens had opportunities. They had opportunities to, um, to be a bit more critical, to be a bit more honest and be a bit more deliberate in expressing how they felt about their, uh, about their government and where their government was going, but they didn't. And things ballooned out of control. Now, here we are, and I know a lot of people like to, you know, say, you know, it'll never happen here. And, of course, um, citizens in, in every society that has collapsed since always um, have made that same statement. You know, it, it never, it can never happen here. You know, we have a constitution. Yeah, well, look, look how much good that's done us in, in, in the past 20 years. I mean, the, the Constitution has been whittled down to nothing. I mean, at this point, it's not even worth the paper that it's printed on. But time and time again, you know, the, these these signs will, will, will come up. These opportunities will present itself where we can express how we feel and we can demand more from the government that we like to say we created, that we like to say we fund, and that we, we like to say that we have control over. Um, and by that, I, I mean, we, the people, um, the 300 million in this country. And since totalitarianism is a global issue now, especially, um, I would say that the same for um, quite a few other nations, since so many uh, of these governments have followed the same template um, as far as uh, having complete control over their population. And this isn't. This isn't hyperbole. This is this is just the way it is. I wish um, it was a things were happier and a bit more upbeat, you know. And we can make jokes about these things, and we can still make some jokes. But the reality is, the transition towards totalitarianism is it's pretty set. It, it's it's on the horizon. And um, if you look at Australia, I mean, they're they're already there. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. 
And let me let me throw a, a really really good quote that I, that I that I love about totalitarian leadership. So this comes from uh, Jost uh, Marlou, and it goes a little something like this: Totalitarian leaders, whether of the right or the left, know better than anyone else how to make use of fear. They thrive on chaos and bewilderment. The strategy of fear is one of the most valuable tactics. Now, we haven't taken the time, we haven't been able to take a pause to evaluate anything, really, um, because this has been a 20-year roller coaster where we've bounced from uh, one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis to the next proxy war to the next proxy war to the next proxy war to this scandal to that scandal to that scandal of course you know uh, continuously avoiding um, anything that it is truly relevant anything that is uh, deeply impactful anything that um, could fundamentally change um, the way we are, are structured the, the way our country is structured the way we're, we're governed all those important things those are those are kind of kept behind the scenes and are managed by all those people that are much smarter than we are. And we just get to swim in a bunch of nonsense and, and constant chaos. And if you don't believe me, just go back, go back to 2001, go back to September 12th, 2001, the day after the terrorist attacks and look at all the things that have happened since then. And it's been a, a steady diet of just absolute trash from our mainstream media. I mean, they, they've been that way for decades, but um, it was cranked up to 11 um, in the past 20 years. And, you know, I'm I'm 39 years old and I'm, I'm I was old enough at the time um, when those attacks happened to start to chronicle these things and and follow the glide path and then you go you know so many years you know then then another thing will come up and another thing will come up and you know we we had we had 9-11 and then there was a small SARS scare and then we had the H1N1 in 2009 and we had the uh, the uh, collapse of the housing market and, and collapse of all these different banks and things that happened in 2009 uh, 2008 2009 you know we had the the uh, invasion in Afghanistan, the invasion in Iraq, and uh, then we, we had a small Ebola scare. And, you know, then, of course, um, once uh, once Trump got elected, then the, it was golden. Then they can go full throttle on racism and slavery and Jim Crow. And and of course, the, the media and a lot of our political officials, they, they just ran that into the ground. Um, and that was just nothing but uh, four years of just a, a pure just hate and fear campaign um, throughout his entire presidency. And then leading us up to this point, um, we, we had the uh, all the chaos and everything over the the, the murder of George Floyd um, uh, that happened back in May. And then, of course, all the rioting, all the all the chaos, the sanction rioting on uh, the destruction of uh hundreds of thousands of small businesses across the country. I mean, dozens and dozens, nearly a hundred U S cities just being just leveled by a bunch of, uh, mentally deranged, uh, delusional, psychotic, crazy people. Um, to the point where it, it, it 
felt almost coordinated, you know, looking at just some of the the way some of these cities were were hit and then strategically hit. I mean, it was like um, uh, racism was was weaponized, you know, and, and anti I should say anti-racism was weaponized. Um, and the the concept of political violence sanctioned political violence. I mean, it, it took center stage in 2020. And then, of course, we, we had COVID as well. And then that continues to be the uh, the anchor. You know, it's it's the uh, the trump card, if you will, that can be played as the excuse for everything, everything that that uh, appears to be uh, authoritarian or totalitarian or tyrannical. You can just say covid, you know, it's the Delta variant. You know, it, it's for your own safety. We're trying we're trying to help you. And still, we still have people that believe that what we're dealing with is a clash between um, capitalism and communism. I've, I've heard that. I've heard, you know, it's it's those those Marxists. That's what it is, you know, and it's, it, it's socialists. It's those darn socialist politicians that we have uh, in office. You know, they're, they're dragging us down. It's the Dem- it's the fault of the Democrats. You know, we, we've got to get past this nonsense. I know that we have been conditioned and programmed to, to have a difficulty thinking outside of twos, you know, venturing outside of the two sided paradigm. There's just always two, always two can't be more than that period, which is why, you know, a libertarian will never win, you know, but it's always two, but we have to, we have to get past that and see the bigger picture. And what we're dealing with right now, this isn't uh, a a fault of the Democrats. This isn't a fault of the Republicans. It's a fault of the entire system. The entire system is the problem because there's so much big money woven into it. There's so much corruption and all this lobbying, all this stuff that's going on um, that essentially it's not a government of the people, by the people, for the people. It's just a bunch of corrupt people and then a bunch of mega corporations battling over who gets to own what territory or who gets what law passed that helps them or who gets what uh, tax credits and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's what it's become. So it's not uh, capitalism versus socialism or Marxism or fascism or communism. Simply, it's simply this. It's totalitarianism versus freedom. I mean, I'm talking about real freedom, not not the not the freedom that people like to talk about on um, uh, like the Fourth of July this year or the Fourth of July last year, where people were standing around waiting for their government or their president to give them permission to celebrate their independence because there's no irony there. I'm talking about real freedom where you have complete control over you. You get to decide what. What happens with your body? What goes into your body? (laughs) Complete bodily autonomy. That's the type of freedom I'm talking about. The freedom to to travel to whatever country you want without being treated like some biohazard or being detained or arrested or or worse, depending on, you know, what what country we're, we're talking about here. That's the type of freedom I'm talking about. And we ventured so far away from that over the past 20 years and it was baby steps with uh, a 
steady injection of fear. But it was it, it, we just continue. Things just got progressively worse. And as we become more relaxed and we just sit back and uh, continue to outsource our responsibilities as citizens, um, we just sit around and murmur. It's been 20 years of that. People complaining about how this is bad or that's bad or how this is corrupt, that's corrupt. You know, how the government doesn't belong to us anymore. All that kind of stuff. People talk about it and then they move on. Or they just they get distracted by, you know, professional sports or the Olympics or whatever just happens to be on Netflix or whatever until the next big scare, the next uh, manufactured crisis comes along. You know, and, and that's what this has been just 20 plus years of us just just being pulled and pulled and pulled. You know, meanwhile, there's power just consolidating into a smaller and smaller and smaller circle. Wealth being just siphoned off. I mean, it's become clear that the rules applied to the peasants. The whole, you know, uh, rules for thee, not for me. We've seen plenty of that over the past two years. And we're okay with that. I mean, our silence is consent. Maybe that's maybe that's the deal here. We just kind of, eh, hey, it could be worse, guys. You know, it's they could take all the money that we make, you know, they, and all could go towards taxes. These billionaires could all be trillionaires. It could be much worse. You know, that, that gap of... of uh, inequality and, and, and wealth, it could be much worse. It, it, it's, it's amazing how far that the human mind will go to avoid um, any type of stress or perceived stress. Because I think that's, that's the issue here. Because if we, if we actually acknowledge that there's a problem, if we state that problem and we point to it and acknowledge it, that is real. It's right in front of us. We have to deal with that. Then some work is required. Some, some agency must be taken. A sense of responsibility, a sense of duty, a sense of ownership. All those things will come into play. Which is why a majority of people, uh, especially in this country, go out of their way to avoid those things, to avoid duty and responsibility, to avoid taking on any type of agency, to constantly outsource and just leave it up to the politicians, leave it up to this person, leave it up to that person. And then when when you don't like the way the story is being written, your story, you'll just murmur about it and complain about it, but you won't actually do anything. You won't actually stand up and take ownership. You won't stand up and take responsibility. Now the, the the phrase in in uh, in Spider Man, because I love I love my comic books, you know uh, Uncle Ben states with great power comes great responsibility, and which is a great great saying, but I believe it's wrong, because with great responsibility comes great power, and while we continue to just forfeit those responsibilities, to step away so we can just sit around and play on our phones. And watch, uh, you know, uh, watch streaming services and, and just get fat and do nothing. You know, all those individuals that are, are that are taking that ownership, that are taking that responsibility, um, you know, 
Isn't it interesting? Those are the people that are in those positions of power. Those are the people that have that that real power and influence and control. I mean, that's why it was so easy for us to be essentially dominated in such a short amount of time. I mean, I know many of us are in denial and we want to sit around and act like that's not what's happening here. We're going to act like all these mandates and all this craziness is going on right now is for your for your safety. It's for public health. That all these that big pharma, all these pharmaceutical companies that are that have only been focused on the bottom line and maximizing profits while minimizing efforts. You know, suddenly they just had a change of of pace. You know, they decided to do the right thing. And this uh, this pandemic must be stopped, you know, and we we have to deal with this. And sure, you just out of nowhere. They just, you know, now they care. And the fact that they're making tens of billions of dollars in the process that has has nothing to do with it. The fact that they've um, well, Pfizer alone has funneled over one hundred and forty million dollars. Just 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 through all these campaign contributions and donations to politicians on the left and the right. And that's just Pfizer. Big Pharma as a whole. Has pumped more money through our political system than, than any other sector. I mean, period, by by a wide margin. But I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. They care about us. They want us to be healthy and safe. You can get these shots, these jabs for free because, you know, this is about saving lives. Well, all the cancer stuff is still at a markup, you know, so anything related to cancer, that that's different. We're not they're not too concerned about those lives, saving those lives, just just this particular situation here. But don't question it. Don't you don't you dare ask any questions. <laughs> Because you, you you have to trust the science, right? You have to trust the science. You have to trust the professionals. I mean, you know, the, the approved science, the approved professionals, those tens of thousands of pediatricians and doctors and virologists and epidemiologists and all those people, those, those crazy people talking about all kinds of like natural immunity and, and eating vegetables and exercising and getting sunlight and, and oxygen and, and all that kind of stuff. They, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, they're, they're referring to things that have kept mankind going for thousands of years, but that's no, that's not the true science. The true science is what we tell you it is. <laughs> and, and you have to uh, you have to accept that if you don't, then you are a uh, right wing anti-science, anti-truth, conspiracy theorist, Trump supporting bigot, racist, misogynist, whatever <laughs> you want to you can just keep piling on the the, is, the isms and the is and the, and the whatever. But you get where I'm going with this. But we we still after everything that we've experienced, especially in 2020. People are still just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, acting like this will all pass. We'll get back to normal. You know, two weeks to stop the spread, two weeks to flatten the curve. I mean, we're a couple dozen weeks into this. Uh, we're going to be cruising towards year number two here pretty soon, but it's for the greater good. You know, there's there's no ulterior motive here. There's no way. Even though, you know, 
federal spending is still just up and up and up and up. Defense spending is still up and up and up and up. We've got a handful of billionaires, the top 10, that increased their wealth. They doubled their combined wealth. We're talking 10, 10 people. 10 people that were sitting on $600 billion at the start of this whole thing, spring of 2020. Now, they've more than doubled that. We're talking $1.3, $1.4 trillion in combined wealth between 10 people. So you've got millions of people that lost their jobs, lost their ability to provide for their family during all this. No fault of their own, simply because the government wants all the uh, all the uh, anti-racism psychopaths ran through and, and leveled hundreds of thousands of small businesses. Then big government came in with all these ridiculous mandates and, and requirements. And, you know, well, you only can have like 35 percent capacity in your restaurant. Well, now it's 50 percent capacity. No, no, it's 15 percent capacity. Wait, 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 you, you have to build a structure outside for people. Oh, no, no, no. There's too many people in the outside structure. So you got to have a bigger outside structure. Oh, wait, no, no. 75% capacity. No, no, no. Wait, wait. We're going to go back to 15. It was, it was done in such a way that it, it feels almost deliberate. And I've actually gone out and I've talked to a lot of these small business owners and, and managers. And of course, I mean, they, they hardly had any customers, especially throughout last year and most of this year. But so many of them had the same story to tell. They all were shrugging their shoulders like we don't know what to do. This is unsustainable. And any, and any idiot can see that it's unsustainable. So why? Why are these political officials pushing us along a path that's unsustainable? Why are they doing something to doing things to our small business sector and our middle class and our working poor that they know is destructive? Well, it's well, it's obviously it would have to be delivered deliberate. But then why? If that doesn't scream totalitarianism, I, I don't know what else would. You can't, how should I put this? This is a very unique time. And this, all of this, I believe was an inevitability. We've spent so much time being wrapped up in nothing and irrelevance and nonsense and nonsensicals and things that that really don't matter or impact our lives. We're sitting around memorizing, you know, hairdos for, um, for Beyonce and different celebrities and, you know, who's married to who and, you know, uh, baseball uh, statistics and college football stats and all that stuff. And meanwhile, there's been this slow roll, this slow roll of control and centralization. Every couple of years, we sit around and whine about who's going to be president. And then when someone's elected, then there's just a whole bunch of controversy. And of course, the media plays it up because, well, the the whole tradition, because that's what it is, or ritual of electing a president, 
is just another another tactic another method of distraction another a bit of a abracadabra you know it, it it ultimately doesn't doesn't mean anything it feels good we can we can talk to our friends who live in other countries and talk about how we're uh, a constitutional republic and you know we're, we're a democracy and look i voted you know i'm making a real impact you know, this is me making my voice heard. You know, meanwhile, the mega corporations are pumping millions of dollars through lobbying into the hands of these individuals on the left and the right. And we still think that that's going to make a difference that our vote, you know, they're going to look out for us, even though nine times out of 10, they, they, they don't, they, they hardly ever do. And we, we lose time and time again but anyway so that's the clash totalitarianism versus freedom now the mandates it's it's amazing how one man a sitting president can can make a determination that hey i, I believe all all federal employees and federal agencies and contractors who work with the, you know, any federal agency, you know, they need to get, uh, they need to get these shots. Period. Doesn't he, he didn't say anything about exemptions. Fortunately, there's, there were already things that were, that were, uh, written down. <laughs> um, but no, it was just, this needs to happen. Make it happen. Easy peasy, just like that. Now, there's a problem. Anytime, I mean, anytime someone can dictate what you can do with your body or what you should do with your body, there's a problem. I mean, you're, that bodily autonomy, that's the last little step. And once that's gone, well, that's... That's it. I mean, there's nothing more. There's nothing more that that can really be taken from you when someone has that kind of control over you. Now, I'm going to go to a um, a statement that the president made um, recently. So he's talking about vaccine mandates. Um, it was a bit of a uh, uh, like a roundtable discussion. And he stated Okay, here we go. Let's be clear. When you see headlines and reports of mass firings and hundreds of people losing their jobs, look at the bigger picture. Now he goes on a spiel after that, talking about how vaccination rates, you know, climbed with uh, uh, different organizations um, once they started to impose a mandate you know, from 50% to 60% or 60% to 80% or 80% to 99% vaccination, you know, and he talks about it like it's a good thing. And the media, of course, they, they, they put their spin on it and they make it sound like it's just a normal thing. But in reality, it's, it's absolutely uh, horrific. We have a sitting president who's pushing people to uh, to partake in a experimental medical procedure, because that's essentially what all this is. 
and then using threats, using coercion, because that's what this is. Oh, I'm not forcing you to get it. I'm just saying if you don't get it, you'll lose your ability to provide for yourself and feed your children. That's all. And you might end up being homeless and on the street if you can't find another job. That's all I'm doing. Oh, and I'm also trying to force um, labor unions and a bunch of other individuals to come on board. So it'll be impossible for you to get a job in the civilian sector or anywhere else. That's all. (laughs) But I'm not forcing you. You always have a choice. You can choose to die in the gutter and starve to death. I mean, that's what it is. But once again, this is something else that was a slow roll. Now, summer of 2020, I kept telling people that a vaccine is coming and it's and then a mandate is going to come. Why? Because this is a cash cow. There is a huge sum of money. And they are not going to just let it sit or let, let this opportunity go by. What is it? Let no good crisis go to waste. Well, this is the perfect one because you can apply this to everything. You can jack up the prices on everything. You can strong arm people. You can strong arm other nations. You can threaten the livelihood of people and, and you won't look like a monster. You won't look like a fascist dictator or anything. You'll look like someone who just, who trusts the science, who wants people to be healthy and and to live. You want to save lives. And sure enough, we had Operation Warp Speed and, and all that good stuff. And people were cheering that on like it was some great thing, you know, and I I was not on board because I knew exactly what it was going to turn into. We had the mask mandates, which was nothing more than a prelude. It was to to prepare us to get us in the right mindset where we'll accept just random decrees and things that are thrown at us, even if it just flies in the face of science, real science, you know, even if it, if uh, experts come out against it, we'll just follow what our politicians tell us and their handpicked professionals. And that's what the mask represented. They can go out and look and see, you know, wow, look at that. They're all wearing their masks, just like they were told. Well, what's next? Socially distance. You need to socially distance. Let's look around. All right, look, look at that. They're all just doing it. What a bunch of idiots. They're just doing it. All right, awesome. Well, I guess let's keep going. What else can we make them do? <laughs> you know, they, they're not going to ask questions. There's, It's so weird. They outnumber us like a billion to one, and they're just not, yeah, all right, well, cool. All right, well, guess we'll just dominate and rule. <laughs> Man, this is so easy. I wish we had iPhones in the in the 60s, you know, but but that's what it is. It's slow roll, slow roll. Just baby steps. Get people just kind of get you got to massage it a little bit. Got to get people used to being, you know, dominated and, and controlled and manipulated and having things dictated to them and just settle little things. I mean, it was. What? It was less than four weeks after 9-11 when we got the Patriot Act. It was almost like it was just sitting on the shelf. They, like They were just waiting to drop that one. That 
got us used to the surveillance state, the surveillance state, the police state concept. And then, of course, we had our, our steady injection of, of fear where it was nothing but terrorism, terrorism, terrorism all the time. Middle East terrorism all the time. For years and years and years. Then we had our, our wars. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how we can even call them that. They weren't really wars, but yeah, sure. We had our little proxy wars. And no one, even though majority of the American people were against the evasion in Iraq, when it was initially proposed, there were people that were against um, the evasion slash occupation of Afghanistan, and it happened anyway. But um, just the li- it's the little things. You just get people used to that. And government continues to grow. New federal agencies just popping up, you know, just just growing like weeds. Federal spending just out of control. It's it's absolutely absurd. And every time some politician comes along saying they're going to change something, you know, they're going to fix this and they do nothing but make it worse or it, things stay exactly the same. They get what they need and then they move on. But we we allowed all this. We, the American people, we accepted this. And now here we are where you have all these these jab mandates. I won't I need to stop calling them vaccines because I mean, by definition, the way they're designed, they're not really vaccines. But these jabs being forced on people, I'm sorry, coerced. And a majority of the people don't see a problem with that. I mean, just the casualness in just the way people talk about it it's it's what's the right word you know I'm going to go back with um, awful it is awful the lack of concern or consideration over the well-being the true well-being of others I've talked to people about this about well when it started with the nurses then the police firemen And then, of course, I knew it was going to come to the government sector, and it has. And I've discussed this with people and the the bourgeoisness, the the carefreeness of, well, I got my shot. You know, maybe they should just get it. Maybe you should just get it, you know, just just get it over with. Just get, you know, (sighs) you're talking about people being forced to put all their values and all their convictions and their morals and, you know, everything that they stand for and just put it on the back burner just to make someone else feel good, just to comply. Because yeah, that's the history of this country that we're all about compliance and just nodding our head and never revolting, never asking questions, you know, never demanding anything. We just nod our head and we just do what we're told, you know, because the state is above all. I mean, you have people like that are Catholics that are strongly against these shots. And so many of them are, they're sweating bullets because they feel like I, I'm i going to have to put my God on the back burner for the sake of the state, for the sake of my job, for the sake of financial security and stability. And people still think that that's freedom, that, that the state that we're in, that we're still a free country. 
even though you you're, you're constantly tracked and monitored over the past year and a half, you've been told, you know, what to wear, where to go, who you can have over, how many people you can have over now, what you need to put into your body or else. And now, oh, international travel. Well, if you go here, you got to stay here. You got to do this. You got to do a swab test and all that stuff. Well, if you come back in the country, you got to get a shot. You got to, you know, that that's freedom, huh? All this, all this over COVID. But wait, there have been hundreds of thousands of deaths. 700,000 deaths brought to you by the same people that have sold us a bunch of other trash and lies and propaganda used deceit. Sure, just like we should all trust Pfizer, a company that's been fined billions of dollars for fraud and all kinds of other crimes. But we're just going to ignore that. It's, it's amazing. I mean, all of it. Sitting back and observing all this, watching people just become the worst version of themselves. I mean, constantly looking towards the external, never looking inward for any answers at all. But then believing themselves to be unique or, or original or interesting or, you know, or uh, sophisticated or filled with um, prestige or conviction or whatever. When in reality, they're they're just another drone, essentially. They're just lining up with a bunch of other drones. Not willing to question anything. It it still it still amazes me when when I when I talk to people, when I when I discuss these things with people and I can look in their eyes and see that I mean that I've completely lost them. They're not they're they're somewhere else. <laughs> And they will do exactly what they're told. They'll, the media will tell them what to love and what to hate and, and where to go and who to be around and what's true and what's false, what's science and what's propaganda. And they won't do their own research or, or anything. And they'll still think that that this is freedom. Now, sure, we've been fed a steady diet of fear and boogeymen. Every once in a while, we get uh, we get China, which I think is hilarious um, because it makes zero sense. Sure, yeah, Ch China's the enemy. Yeah, you should be afraid of China. Well, I'm more concerned about Congress because they've done they've done way more damage than China, or in, unless the, the damage they've done is is due to um, encouragement and, and and money from companies based in China. That's a possibility. Same thing for our president. That's a possibility worth exploring. But that's just another boogeyman. And I, I love the fact that, well, China owns over 200,000 acres of farmland in the U.S. in this country. They own a bunch of uh, commercial and, and real estate property in, in Vancouver and, and other cities in Canada. The same thing in Ireland. The same thing in Germany. But yeah, yeah, they're they're the enemy. That's who I should be afraid of and be focused on. Yada 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 yada. What's the other big boogeyman? 
white supremacy. Oh yeah, the yeah, the KKK, they're just going to come rolling down the street on their horseback and they're going to burn a cross in my my front yard because I'm black and I should be afraid. And I shouldn't think about anything else because this is the most important thing. We even had political officials make that statement and say that this is the greatest danger. These domestic terrorists, the, the, these white supremacists, these are the, the, the biggest threat of this nation. Which is just ironic when you hear members of Congress make that statement when no, no, you're the greatest threat. <laughs> your entire your entire body, <laughs> the Senate, you know, the, the House, you, you guys are the greatest threat. Because it's clear that you're bought and, and paid for. You're you're owned. Before you even you know, when you're running, when you're campaigning, you know, and you're talking about all these all these things you're gonna do for the people and your constituents, and then it never happens because well, you, you get bought out and then that's it. You know, but no, you're you're the greatest threat. You know, it's but hey, sure, be afraid of China, be afraid of white supremacy, be afraid of uh, what the the legacy of slavery or whatever else, which as a black man, I, I just, uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for enough black people to say enough is enough. Stop using us as a part of your propaganda cycle, your fear porn cycle, you know, take us out of the lineup, you know, just, just leave us alone. How about you leave Hispanics alone too? Every once in a while, they try to get the Asians, but it, it never works. And they try to pull Asians into it, which, you know, we saw in the spring, that whole hashtag stop Asian hate, and that vanished within seconds. Um, but they, they, they go back to old faithful. They go back to, to us black folks, you know, because, well, it, it works, I guess. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But anyway, those are just some of my thoughts, you know, and, you know, I, I implore I implore you to step back and take a look at where we are and ask the question, how did we get here exactly? And try to do your own research. You don't have to devote that much time to it. Just a few hours. Just step back. Take a look at, at where we are. Take a look at some of the legislation. Take a look at um, the the uh, the Liberty Act and, and the Freedom Act and the Patriot Act and all these other acts that have beautiful names but they don't do really what their title says you know it just it sounds great it looks good on paper but look at these things and ask those hard questions you know how did we get here how can we write this ship can we write this ship I believe that we can but I believe that it takes a, it's going to take a great deal of time it took over 20 years for things to just deteriorate to this mess where we've got like a, a handful of rich folks and 1% 1% just cleaning house. And then we have a government that's pretty much that works for them and works for mega corporations. And then you have 300 million people that have just been forgotten about, you know, it took, it took, it took some years for things to, to reach that point. And it's going to take some time for us to get back on track. But we can't get there if we don't take the first step. What is it? Thousand mile journey begins with a single step. Well, there you go. We need to take a step. And we need to see this propaganda and this uh, this coercion for what it is.
and call it that. And every every other day when we get our dosage of fear porn from CNN or whether it's Fox News or MSNBC or whatever, you know, we should be able to say enough's enough. No. And to just be just detach ourselves from the mainstream media. There's plenty of um, independent sources you can go to. You can do your own digging. Sure, it takes time. But it's it's much better. It's a better diet than what we're given every day from the usual suspects. And I, and I have to say this, this whole pandemic fear thing that we've been on, I mean, the way the media has played it up, we, we, we should all be dead by now. Especially me, I'm, I'm unvaccinated and I only wear a mask when I go to work in a federal building. But other than that, I don't wear a mask. I've never tested positive for COVID. I've never had any symptoms of any kind. I haven't even been sick in years. I eat fruit. I eat vegetables. I exercise. I love getting fresh air, spending time outside, getting sunlight. You know, I, I like to incorporate the things that have just that have helped mankind for thousands of years. I tend to lean more on that than a bunch of corrupt, degenerate, warmongering psychopaths that are trying to tell me to take something that hasn't even been around for that long. And it's highly experimental. No, no, thank you. I, I have some more questions. And I don't believe you've done a good enough job selling it to me. So the answer is still no. Until I can finish doing my own research or you can do a better job selling it to me, the answer is no. So those are some of my thoughts. Um, Please feel free to provide any feedback you'd like. Um, There's a new function actually on um, Spotify and the Anchor app, which is owned by Spotify, where I can put questions in there. Um, You can actually give... um, some some uh, responses and I can respond back um, I believe in real time so I'm definitely going to utilize that so I, I'd love to get more feedback um, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram um, and if you just Google Snell Nation I'm on iHeartRadio I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts um, Overcast um, I think about eight other ones so I uh, just Google me not hard to find but that's my time Those are my thoughts. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your feedback. Snail Nation out.